I usually say that uh, all of us are leaders. And I don't know whether my guest today is going to agree with me on that. This is Now Tell Us. I'm your host, Anthony Murore. At Now Tell Us, we have guests come and tell us stories. They come and inspire us. They come and educate us on a subject. And always we have a great time here with our great guests. Always we have great guests. And when I say always, today we have a great guest who is known as Jan Freed. She has written a book that we are going to talk about. And uh, because she is the one who is going to tell us, because this is now tell us. Now, why don't you join me as we go to meet her? But remember to share this episode with all your friends. If you have a question, please ask. If you have any comment you want to make, we love a feedback. So thank you in advance. Whether you're watching this live or the recorded version or listening to it on any of the platforms that we are. So let me not talk much. Let me go and I'm inviting you to go with me to meet our guest today, Jan Fried. Here we go. Hi, Jan. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to Now Tell Us. I can't wait to tell you. Yes, we are <laughs> waiting, eagerly waiting to hear what you have to tell us today. Okay. Yeah, but before we go deeper into the episode, can we know where is it in the world that you are at? Well, I live in Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines is the capital of Iowa. Okay. We call ourselves, you know, the center of the Midwest of the United States. So um, that's where I am. It's a uh, uh, quarter to 10 in the morning here. What time is it for you, Anthony? It's quarter to six in the evening. Okay. All here right. Athens, Greece. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to get, Greece is on my bucket list. So it's on my places to go. And I've wanted to go there ever since. Now, this is an old movie, but I've wanted to go there ever since Shirley Valentine went there. Now, okay. it's an old movie and it's called Shirley Valentine. But anyway, so it's on my list. I've never watched that, but I can. You need to watch you. it, Anthony. You need to watch it. I can imagine it's a. it was a good movie. It was a good movie. So I'm going to put that on my list of the things that I will do in the near future. Meanwhile, you're most welcome to Greece. If you find me here, I'll be welcome. I'll be ready and looking. Well, forward. that's very nice. That's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. So it's good that you've come to now tell us. And I asked uh, with, I mean, I started the episode with an, a thought, maybe you're not going to agree with me that every one of us is a leader. That's what I usually say. And I love yeah. that. Well, I do, Anthony, I do agree with you because I say that too. You mm -hmm. know, the most important person to lead is ourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really starts with the self and how are we leading our own lives and are we living and leading in a way that others want to follow? Mm -hmm. And so we can talk more about that. But I agree yes. with you, Anthony, I, you're on, you're, you're right on target. 
in my opinion. Yes, and uh, so today we are going to talk about how great leaders live a worth, I mean, live a life worth remembering. So yes. this goes out to every one of you who's listening or watching. You are a leader and you need to live a life that is worth remembering. Yes. Um, but maybe not only being your own leader, you may be heading an organization, a ministry, a company. This is your episode. Stay right there because I am sure, I am confident that John has a lot to tell us today. Well, thank you. And, you know, really the concept of my book, what makes it different is the book is really about legacy. Mm hmm and but what makes it different is my concept of breadcrumb legacy and that's a concept i've trademarked um and so i thought i'd just start off by defining that um my previous book was called leading with wisdom sage advice from 100 experts no. so both of my books are based on qualitative research where i've interviewed some of the top thought leaders mm -hmm. and one of the chapters that emerged from the research in Leading with Wisdom was Leaders Live Their Legacy. And I found when I did workshops and speaking engagements that that was a chapter that really resonated with people. So mm -hmm. I would ask people, when do we leave our legacy? And people would say, well, when we leave, when we leave a job, when we leave, when we retire, when we leave the earth, when we die. And I'd say, absolutely, that's all true. But mm -hmm. what's uh, what about when I leave this workshop? I leave this speaking engagement. What about, you know, you leave a meeting, you leave an encounter, you leave a, a conversation. We're leaving it all, the, we're leaving our legacy all the time mm. in bite-sized pieces. And so I just came up with the phrase breadcrumb legacy. Mm. So we're leaving it all the time and it adds up, it accumulates. Um, so that's where I get the concept. Wow, that's very good. I love that. And it's good that you mentioned that I bring the concept of the fact that many of us always look for that time when we are going to appreciate someone when they are no longer on this world. That's right. Planet. Now, whereas right. we should be looking every day of the things that the people are doing and appreciate each and every one of them. So if I take your concept and look at my everyday associations as brain crumbs. Yes. Right? <laughs> the, I, I would face life differently and every one of us would face life differently. Yes, I think that's a good point. And the other thing that's kind of interesting is I call this book my COVID book mm -hmm. because, um, you know, workshops, speaking engagements, consulting, that really kind of came to a halt during COVID, like many mm -hmm. other restaurants and businesses. Yeah. So I decided, well, I'm going to dive into this book. And what's interesting is COVID really brought death and legacy kind of front and center. All of a sudden, people of all ages were thinking about what difference am I making? Mm -hmm. Is this really what I want to be doing? Is this how I want to spend my time? Which then kind of manifests itself into, um, you know, the great resignation or quiet quitting or, you know, people really questioning how they were spending their life. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so I think the timing is perfect for this book. And yeah. I think it's timeless. I also think this book is timeless. It's not the flavor of the month. It isn't anything trendy. It's just really practical. Mm, wonderful. And thank you for coming up with it. Now, tell us more of what really drove you into writing it. Was it just that you found yourself 
confined in a place or was there something going on yeah. and you said, okay, this is a sign that I should put this down. I should write a book. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, that chapter, Leaders Live Their Legacy, really resonated with people. And so I okay. thought, I'm going to do a deep dive into that topic. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So then I interviewed more people, did more research. And, you know, basically each chapter is a component of what I think it really takes to live a life worth remembering. Mm -hmm. So I have chapters such as, you know, what get, what's going to get you up in the morning, which is about yeah. meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. I have a chapter called Who's Going to Help You Move the Couch, which is really about relationships. Mm -hmm. I have a chapter called Embrace Death, which is about death, dying, loss, grief. So, you know, these are all kinds of concepts that if you really want to live a life worth remembering, these are concepts that you can really focus on and grasp. And at the end of each chapter, then I have what I call breadcrumb ingredients mm -hmm. for applying the concept chapters or the chapter concepts, I should say. So, um, you know, through these ingredients, it gives you ideas on what to do. Um, so it, that, that again, I think adds to what really makes the book uh, practical and applicable. Okay. That's good. And I'm wondering, do you share stories of the people you interviewed in the chapters? Yes. Or, or how, yes. how did it go? So then within each chapter, I have several what I call breadcrumb boxes. Okay. You know, kind of like a bread box, but breadcrumb boxes. And in, and in these boxes, then I share actual stories that my interviewees shared with me. Okay. For example, why get up in the morning? Tell us what's going on there. And uh, Okay, all right. So, um, you know, regardless of your age or stage of life, you know, what is it that gets you up in the morning? We could just lay in bed all day, particularly if someone's retired, they've left their career or they're laid off or whatever. We could just lay in bed all day. But, you know, what is your passion? What What is it? How are how are you going to contribute? And one of the things that I define is um, I define work and I define work as contribution. How do you want to contribute to the world? Mm -hmm. You know, you may be retired, so therefore it may be volunteer. It may be part time. It may be um, an encore career. So you've started another career. It's full time. Um, but what? how do you want to contribute? And so when you think about what's going to get you up in the morning, what is it you want to do? Now, it could be contribute to your family, to your community, your neighborhood, to your work. Um, but, you know, so really that chapter is kind of about purpose and meaning. How do you find meaning? Um, and I talk about purpose with a little P. It doesn't have to be a big P. Sometimes people think, well, you know, I'm not going to be Mother Teresa. I'm never going to be, you know, someone rich and famous. No, no. No, we aren't. But mm -hmm. what can we do on a daily basis that really gets us excited or motivated about living? And if we find that, you know, life's just more fun. It's more interesting because we have a focus. We have a direction. We have a passion. Mm. And which is the case story that you share in that chapter, if I may ask? Oh, well, that's a good uh, that's a good question. Let me think. Um and I get you, I understand you have written a book sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes someone will ask you a question. Hey, yeah. chapter six, well, you wrote about good. this. And I, oh, I okay, so <laughs> I'm going to 
I'm going to turn their, that around and say, well, I don't know if I can come up with a specific story right now for that one. Um, I think I do tell a story from Jim Cousy's, who's a leadership guru, and he talks about, you know, every day he says, I want to make this a good day. Every day mm. I want to make this a good day. But I want to turn this around, Anthony, and say, you know, people can find my book on Amazon. People can find my book on my website. And on my website, I have a 20% discount from the uh, a discount coupon code from the publisher. And Anthony's flashed up my website there. This is pretty, Anthony, this is high tech. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I have a website and or not a website. I do have a website. Yes. I have a podcast and I'm not quite so uh, uh tech savvy so i'm impressed mm. anthony but if people want to read all the stories they could they could find my book okay yeah you can always go to johnfried.com forward slash a book and you'll get this book that we are talking about today the book is breadcrumbs legacy breadcrumb legacy how great leaders live a life worth remembering now one of the chapters is is interesting, and I'm wondering, I'm curious, what's in okay. that? And this is chapter four. It talks, talks about becoming a nobody. Okay, great. Good for you, Anthony. Um, so I've been fortunate to do two TED two TEDx talks. Okay. And one TED, and they can be found on my YouTube or on any YouTube channel, I guess, or Google. Just Google it. But one talk was on embracing death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a virtual TEDx talk during COVID called Becoming a Nobody. Mm-hmm. And um, this comes out of this chapter in my book, Chapter 4. And really, Becoming a Nobody, the whole chapter is about understanding ego. Because ego gets in the way of us becoming our best selves. Mm-hmm. And if we don't understand it, then the ego controls us instead of we controlling the ego. Mm-hmm. So it's really about understanding ego development and how ego wants to protect us. It wants to, you know, ego wants to say, you know, you're right, you're not wrong. Um, and what we have to understand is some, when I describe ego, sometimes I describe it as elevators. Mm-hmm. And when we sense our ego going up, then we have to control it and say, no, 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 no. And ego, when it's rising tends to manifest itself in negative behaviors, mm-hmm. micromanaging, defensiveness, over-controlling, jealousy, greed, envy, all of those negative um, characteristics. Mm-hmm. And so when we sense those, and we're human, you know, we, and we have to have an ego, we wouldn't be able to stand up. Yeah. So, you know, we have to have an ego, but we have to have a healthy ego and keep it in check. So when we sense those negative behaviors, kind of, you know, jealousy, envy, greed, you know, defensiveness, then we have to say to ourselves, you know, what can I learn from this? Or I need to, I need to get that under control because those are going to really be negative behaviors. And when leaders don't understand that, then that's what can create what we call a toxic environment in the workplace. Mm. Yeah, I get that. So ego become a nobody. Yeah. And so at the end, I kind of, I think one of the last sentences in that chapter is I say, maybe becoming a nobody is really becoming somebody special. Mm. So, you know, think of people, you know, I would say to your, you know, people watching, 
or listeners later to the recording, I would say, ask yourself, who are the people who you really enjoy being around and you don't, when you're around them, you don't recognize, you don't even care how old they are. They could be your age, younger, older, you know, but you're so comfortable around them because they are so comfortable in their own skin, you know, mm -hmm. and these are people who make you feel good when you're around them. Um, and you're just comfortable. And, and, you know, these are people who have their ego in check. Then there are others that you're like, whoa, you know, I, I need to limit my time around them because for some reason I don't feel that comfortable around them. And mm -hmm. these are people who usually have their ego. Um, and, you know, usually defensiveness is, a, I think, a sign of insecurity that for some reason these people are overcompensating in some way. And now, again, we're not perfect people. So, you know, we make mistakes. And so I also talk about forgiveness, compassion, empathy. I also talk about that in this chapter because, you know, there are times when, you know, we our ego has kind of taken over and we may have to go back and say, you know, I'm really sorry about that. You know, I that's not how I want to be remembered. That's not how I want to come off. And yeah. usually if we apologize, people let it go. Mm -hmm. But it's when we don't that people remember. You know, I didn't like mm -hmm. the way they treated me. Yeah. And you remember that for the rest of your life. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So for you who's watching or listening, if you want to leave a legacy behind, if you want to live a life that is worth remembering, and especially if you are a leader of an organization or a, any any place, any you are even at home, I say you are a leader, you're leading your family. So whatever it is that you're doing, check your ego yep and uh yeah Leave exactly numbering. exactly and you know one of the things that i often say i define lead uh, a leader as someone who's in the position to influence the lives of others okay. so just like you i say parents teachers coaches pastors it's more than just bosses and managers so if you are in a position to influence the lives of others then you need to be thinking about you know your ego and you need to be thinking about your purpose and your passion and how can you build relationships mm. healthy healthy yeah. relationships healthy relationships and then uh, as you are doing so i come to chapter number seven that uh, talks about you enjoying your every sandwich yes <laughs> <laughs> yes and one of the bread box stories i tell there is i got that quote from Warren Zevon. Uh, he was a singer. He's now passed away. But when he was on the David Letterman show, uh, you know, and he had just been diagnosed with fairly stage four cancer. I don't remember what kind of cancer, but it was pretty progressive. And mm -hmm. David Letterman said, you know, how are you feeling or what advice do you have or what are you thinking? And he says, you know, just enjoy every sandwich. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that chapter is about gratitude. It's about mindfulness. It's about being in the moment. Really, that chapter is about not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future. You know, we can't change the past. We can't control the future. But just like I'm here with you now, Anthony, you know, we are enjoying the moment and uh, helping others uh, enjoy their moments, too. Yeah, sure, exactly. And uh, we have uh, John on the left, uh, Anthony on the right, and in oh, 
And in the middle, we have the book. And that makes a sandwich. Go enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's yeah. Great. So enjoy this minute and go and get the book, Breadcrumb Legacy. How great leaders live a life worth remembering. Now, what, what has been one of your greatest challenges, either in your career or tell us even in your writing journey what has been one of your greatest challenges okay well since we're talking about the book you know this is my seventh book it's only my Seven. second yeah it's my seventh book but it's only my second book where i'm the sole author i co-authored the other five mm -hmm. and they can be found on my website or on amazon um but it's hard to find a publisher. Now, okay. the game the game has changed. I've mm -hmm. been very fortunate to find a traditional publisher. So all of these books, uh, and they're all published by different publishers. Mm. So finding a publisher is very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, there are different ways to publish now. Some people self-publish. But since my first career was in higher education, it was really hard for me to self-publish. Yeah. But now there are publishing... Um, companies called hybrid mm. and a hybrid publisher is where you pay some money you're investing but they're investing so you're in it together so where the traditional publisher they paid for all the publishing costs and they supplied the designer and editor and all of that mm. with a hybrid publisher you're in it together so you're paying some money not as much as if you had to self-publish Okay. And then they're supply they're investing in you and they're supplying the team. If I have another book in me, I will probably do hybrid publishing. Mm -hmm. But um because it takes it you know, it takes a long time to find a publisher. Mm. <laughs> so um hybrid is faster and I think the quality and I think it's being more accepted. Um and self-publishing, there's nothing wrong with self-publishing either. It's mm. just it's kind of nice to have that professional team of designers, editors and all of that um, at your, you know, uh, you know, very handy. Yeah. So um, that's that's probably a big challenge. Um, and writing a book is, you know, it's not easy or everybody would do it, although a lot of people do, are doing it now. Um, but for me, it's a really intellectual exercise where I really want to get this content out in the world because I think it can change lives. I think you look at life differently. Yes, we are have a story to tell that's what i say and is if you're able to write you need so how would you think and because you've offered those options of maybe going uh, to a hybrid publisher or mm -hmm. self publish how would you advise someone who is starting now to go about everything which which would be your best advice i'd probably start calling some hybrid publishers Mm -hmm. And there's one, I interviewed several, there's one in, I think, Toronto, Canada, and I think it's called Page Two. Mm -hmm. And it started by two women, it's owned by two women, and I have some colleagues who've, who have used them and been happy with them. I was very happy with them, but then I had a traditional publisher come through. So, but, um, you know, I would probably start with hybrid publishers, and then I would ask, you know, what are they, what, what do they require? I wouldn't get too far into writing the book without talking to some publishers. And 
usually even hybrid publishers on their website will say what they require, like a book proposal. They'll give you templates. What do they want in the book proposal? I wouldn't just go launch. I wouldn't launch writing a book. I would definitely focus on a book proposal. Most book proposal templates are very similar. Mm -hmm. And once you kind of have an idea of the book proposal, I would start contacting I would probably start with hybrid publishers mm. and they range in price. I mean, I spoke with one that was around 10,000, another one, tw 15, another one, 25,000. And so then you have to say, well, what's the difference? And usually they will offer, they will also include for that price, a book launch. So they'll mm. help you launch the book mm -hmm. and help you get on podcasts. And, and so, you know, I would also ask what's included with that price. Yeah. That's, that's where I would start, Anthony. Okay, that's good. So to everyone who's listening, if you're thinking of writing a book or publishing one, then you've got some tips today from our guest, Jan. Thank you very much for all that. You're welcome. Yes, and we are almost coming to the end of the show, but we have still a few minutes. So for these few minutes, maybe you can tell us in the speaking that you've done you've been mm -hmm. at TEDx but not only that you've spoken in many different places what do you think could be the biggest challenge that uh, the leaders go through now we are talking about the leadership that you've met and they say okay I've encountered this maybe the staff maybe the technology maybe what could be one of the greatest challenges that you've witnessed yeah, I think we are at, a, a, unfortunately, I mean, uh, COVID, you know, was and still is devastating to many people. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad didn't die of COVID, but I definitely think it affected, and I mean, he was 95 and a half, and I definitely think mm -hmm. it affected, um, I mean, if COVID hadn't happened, I think he might still be here, but he, mm -hmm. it wasn't. So anyway, so there were many devastating effects of COVID. But one positive thing is I think it really empowered employees. Mm -hmm. So empo employees are saying, we're not going to work for bad bosses. We're not going to put up with unhealthy environments. I don't want to work in a toxic environment. Um, so I think for leaders, you know, leaders too much um, for, for too long, Leaders have had this kind of command and control. I'm going to tell you what to do, and I'm the boss. And and in the short run, it does tend to be more efficient. Mm. But that burns out fast. Mm -hmm. And most people don't like to work for that. In fact, I heard something the other day that 30% of new hires at Amazon lasts less than a year or something. Mm. So something's going on with Amazon that's not very positive. Um so again, workers, so I think leaders have to change their style. And for those of us, and I want to give a shout out to Howard Behar, B-E-H-A-R. He was one of the, uh, I think, international presidents of Starbucks early on. He's always beating the drum of servant leadership. And mm -hmm. I think finally leaders are, you know, leaders are recognizing, you know, Maybe they don't need me if I'm not really helping getting things done here, you know. And yeah. my definition of a servant leader is someone who clears obstacles. They are not the obstacle. 
And so in workshops or speeches, I like to say, how many of you have worked for a leader who was the obstacle? Like mm. you were, you had to work around them to get things done and hands shoot up in the air. Mm. So um, I think this is a good time to be a really healthy servant leader. Yeah, we all become servant leaders. We are not there to command, do this, do that, don't do this, no. don't do that. We are there to be examples, to show people the way, and not only show them the way, but uh, lead them along. Yes. Yeah. Give us a few words that we should always remember, even after we are through with this episode. Well, I'm going to share some of my favorite words. Okay. So I have favorite words, wisdom. Mm -hmm. And wisdom isn't taught, it's caught. Mm. So who can, who are you around where you can catch their wisdom? I love the word curiosity or curious, because regardless of age or stage, it really makes, I think, curiosity and creativity make the world go around. Mm. So I guess I'll close with that. And then what I always say at the end of my podcast, Anthony, is I always say, and may the rest of life be the best of life. Yeah. <laughs> Curiosity, creativity. May the rest of your life be the best of your life. We thank you very much, Jan, for coming to our episode. To well, thank you for the invitation, Anthony. And may the rest be the best for you. Yes, uh, likewise. And all, to all the listeners, the same. May the rest Thank of you. your life be the best of your life. Thank Come, you. Coming from Thank Jan you Jan. very much. Yes. So that's it for today. Uh, it's been a wonderful time together with our guest, Jan Fried. We're talking about leadership. About Thank her. you. Go get her new book. Just as a reminder, our website is... And if they subscribe to my email... Yes. They'll get a monthly podcast from me where I interview people about wisdom. Mm, that's good. So yeah. rush over to janfried.com and subscribe to her newsletter. Thank you. Yeah, that's about it for today. This, okay. has, this has been Now Tell Us. I have been your host, Anthony Morore. And together with our guest, a wonderful guest today, Janfried, we're saying bye for now. And may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Anthony. Yeah, thanks, John.